Uh, this could get awkward, but I need to ask you something. Was that an awkward pause? <laughs> hey, it's Pastor Mike. Uh, I'm going to just get right to it. Did you know that Time of Grace is 100% donor-funded? That means that it's really only through your gifts that it's possible for us to use television and print and digital media to share the really good news of God's amazing grace. So, can I ask for your continual support so we can keep on making these podcasts and videos and books, all these resources to help people know Jesus and the eternal life that only he offers? If you're moved by the Spirit, I invite you to click on the link in the episode notes. Thank you so much, and God bless. I'm not sure if you're aware of it, today is Christmas Day, and we as a Western culture have not celebrated Christmas until about 400 years after Jesus' birth. Up until that time, Easter was the main holiday. But even from the beginning, Christmas is kind of about opposites. We have the darkness outside and then the light of the fire and the light of the Christmas lights. That's kind of how John talks about it. He doesn't have a manger in the whole scene. In John chapter 1, he says this, The Word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. For the first time ever, God, who is eternal and a spirit, becomes a mortal human being. And I think that's kind of the beauty of Christmas, this, this, this complexity of it, the opposites of it, that for the first time ever, we have um, God, who is lasting forever, now becomes mortal, that, that God, who is all-powerful, finds weakness, that there's grandeur in a stable. But I don't know if that's the greatest beauty of Christmas. I think the greatest beauty is that even a child understands the complexity of Christmas. Not just the darkness outside, but the darkness of their own heart. Not just the light of the tree, but the light of that Savior. Not just the mystery of the presence, but the mystery that a perfect God could love someone like me. Someone who obsesses about Christmas stuff, who pushes God to the back burner. Someone who does not deserve any of his love. That God could become a baby that one day dies so that I could become the opposite from someone who is shunned to someone who is forgiven. Now that's what makes Christmas merry. Let's pray. Dear Lord, on this day of days, help us always remember the miracle and the complexity of true God becoming human being, but recognize that was for us so that we could become the opposite from one who is shunned from you to your own child. We ask this in your name. Amen. Are you kidding me? I cannot believe that I'm already let down with Christmas. And I'm going to let you in on a secret. I was already let down yesterday. And I don't know what it is. Here we sit and the, the presents are tossed to the side. The music is starting to fade. As someone described it, it's like watching the taillights fade in the distance. There's just a disappointment that comes with it. And I think it's true for just about everyone. Little kids are disappointed because the next Christmas is like a decade away. And teens can't believe that the magic of Christmas has disappeared. And even adults. It's a little macabre, but we start to say to ourselves, how many more Christmases do I actually get to experience? Or we think, is this the last Christmas I'm going to have with grandma or grandpa? Or maybe there's already an empty chair at the table. All this letdown and disappointment. I wonder how the shepherds felt. There they are, the very first Christmas of all time, and the angel appears to them. Angels, real angels. And then the next highlight of their life is that little kids play them in Christmas pageants 2,000 years later. It's they go to work. Not the next day, but on Christmas night, they have to go to work. And you think, oh, the pure drudgery of it. But this is what the Bible says. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. 
Why do we celebrate Christmas even though we know there's a letdown? Why there's a disappointment? The same reason the shepherds smile, the same reason the shepherds found joy, because they see Jesus. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, help us, no matter what is going on, no matter what feelings we're wrestling with, to continue to see Jesus, the author and perfecter of our life, and our Savior, and help that be the joy that we find in our heart this day. Amen. In the most famous of all the sections in God's Word that talk about the birth of Jesus, it says this, Luke chapter 2, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. Now, the history and the celebration of Christmas is fascinating. I wish I had 20 minutes to explain it all, but here are the highlights. About 1,600 years ago, 400 years after the birth of Christ, they decided that on December 25th, we will celebrate Christmas. Now, this is something that had been going on. Holidays had been going on all around Western Europe. So the Norse would drag giant Yule logs and they would light it on fire and they would party, I should say celebrate, for 12 days until the log burned out. The Germans gave sacrifices to Odin and then down in Italy, where there was a root of Christianity, down in Italy, they had Saturnalia, they would sacrifice to the god Saturn and they would give out small gifts. So the Christian church, right around 400, said, enough of these pagan holidays, we need to focus on Jesus. So they determined that Jesus was gonna be celebrated, his birth on December 25th. Now, was Jesus born on December 25th? That would be a no. Most scholars think that he was born in the spring because there were shepherds watching their flocks in the fields. Does it bother me that we celebrate Christmas connected to some pagan holidays? No, it does not. And here's why. Because they celebrated the fact that the darkest days were behind them and I think that's a beautiful picture for Christians. We celebrate Christmas because the darkest of our days and also the darkness of our heart is behind us. And through God's Son, not just the days getting brighter, but through God's Son living in us through the Holy Spirit, through faith in Him, we can celebrate that our brightest days are yet to come. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we know that we get to celebrate because today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to us. We don't know when Jesus was born. Maybe it was the 25th or 26th or 27th, but we do know when he was, he was born for me. Amen. Uh, recently, someone told me the hardest painting to do is of a sunset. And the reason is you can't quite tell the difference in lighting between a sunrise and a sunset. There's only the most skilled of artisans have taken this on and that are the guys at Florida who airbrush your t-shirts. They're the only ones who can pull this off. But for most of us, mortals, we cannot do this. And I think this is probably the worst time of Christmas is this time of transition. You don't know from the outside observing, are we getting ready for Christmas or are we taking down? We've got the boxes out and we, we're just thinking about countless trips to the basement. We're thinking about taking the lights down, kicking another tree that has sacrificed its life for our celebration to put it by the curb. There's kind of this awkward transition. And I think the most awkward times are times of transition for the disciples. Jesus is with them for three years. You can imagine how glorious that is. He dies, he rises, and then he's with them for 40 days and they're so excited and he says, hold on, I'm leaving. Stick around here until I send the Holy Spirit, a time of transition. Now, in these days, as we get ready, kind of dreading moving on to the next thing, it's a time of transition. But the question is this, is this a sunset on the best things that the earth has to offer 
or is this really a sunrise? Because it's a picture of the greatest things that we have in Christ. You tell me. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Christmas is an amazing time, but this time of transition is a hard time. Help us to put back these old things because this ultimately cannot satisfy. The only thing that can satisfy is our life with you, knowing that we stand with you forgiven as your dear children. Amen. I honestly hate that I'm so sad after Christmas and I don't even know what word to use but I think the best one to use is melancholy. There's this sense of melancholy after the season is gone and I think you might be experiencing that same thing too. Someone once told me the very best thing that Christmas can bring is pointing. And so just as Christmas points to Jesus' life in the manger, Jesus' birth in the manger, it should point us to something deeper, something that can fulfill us. Isaiah 35 calls it an everlasting joy. I think it's about time we look at Christmas for what it is. It is a foreshadowing of the everlasting joy in Christ. And if we can do that, we've got a whole different view. Because no longer is this going to have unrealistic expectations to fulfill our dreams and bring us joy. Instead, Christmas is what it is. It's a pointer. It points to a deeper meaning. And at that point, we can teach our kids, we can teach our grandkids, we can teach everyone we know that this just points to the greatest fulfillment, the deeper meaning of Christmas, which is a joy that can only be found in Christ and his forgiveness. Let's pray. Dear Jesus, we so yearn for fulfillment on this earth, but the real joy of Christmas is that it points to a Savior from sin who prepared a way through his death to everlasting joys. Amen.